Welcome to Numb Bills Fan Podcast, episode number 261. I'm your host today with Ben Gramado, and uh, we're going to cover the 2022 draft of the Bills. Pretty much, you know, we went in there with, what are we trying to get out of the draft? If you missed our free agency talk, go back to episode 260. Check out Greg Tomset from Cover One. He's a man. He's funny. He's fucking happy, and that's what's important, okay? And he talks about Tremaine Edmonds. He talks about Matt Milano, and that makes this conversation that much better. And we also talked about the cap and Brandon Bean and where I was with it. So please, if you haven't checked it out, episode 260, we need the views up, especially on YouTube. I'm seeing them. Turn them up. Send me a screenshot. Maybe there's some merch behind me one day if you're lucky. I'll send you a tank top or a black shirt. I'm not zooming in. I'm fat. So anyways, I'm not doing that. Um, Ben, going into the draft, what did you see? And then spit it back to me. What did you want? And then I'll tell you what I wanted. And then we'll we'll see what they conquered. Sure. Yeah. uh, So we talked about this a little bit, but I definitely wanted corners, at least one, maybe two. I also wanted a running back with pass catching abilities and, you know, some speed, uh, someone, you know, with a little more lateral ability uh, than Singletary or Moss, you know, who both uh, are more like closer to like four, six, uh, 40 times. So someone with more speed, uh, you know, who can break open a run and who can also be using the pass game. And then outside of that on defense, uh, Linebacking depth, someone who, you know, with pass coverage abilities. Uh, and then, you know, I think a lot of people wanted wide receiver. I wanted wide receiver. I also didn't want them to, to take one early. So that, if you know, if I would probably have given you the four biggest needs going into the draft, that's probably what I would have identified. Offensive line depth, too. Okay. Um, you know. I was going to say defensive back clearly because the best way to build your team is through the draft. That's what mm-hmm. my biggest shit would be. Um, it's not the episode to go into that. Um, we were talking yesterday for a long time. We were going to do this yesterday. And I was just like, dude, I have to accept that he has a different system. I'm not used to. And I have to go, is there a lead talent on the team? Yes. What am I? How can I complain? Look mm-hmm. where we are. That's how I look at it. I'm still traumatized from, three years of my bank account going to these games when, you know, and I believe in the team. So it's like, I I thought they needed a defensive back on their wallet. Would you agree? That was probably the most important need. Yeah. Oh, defensive back was a hundred percent the most important need. I mean, AFC champions, their AFC divisional round really proved that against Kansas city outside of Trey white. I mean, they were clearly lacking that division. And then, they lose Levi Wallace. So, I mean, I mean, that was a need that was just jumping out on paper to you. You know, to me, there really wasn't, uh, you know, too much debate whether they need one or not. They needed one. Uh, You know, we could say they could have rolled with Levi, maybe, or not Levi, they could have rolled, you know, with with Dane uh, and Trey entering the season. But the problem is Trey may not be ready to go week one. So clear need. Uh, and that's something, you know, we saw them address. I would not be shocked, Ben, if they bring in another defensive back 
free agent it, it, um, because now the draft's over. This is where they go back in the pile. Um, we're also looking at Ben to move on from that, if you don't mind. Um, we can we'll we'll touch back on defensive back later because they got a, a hybrid type dude who's gonna probably play special teams out the gate. Um, so actually, let's just touch on that now. Um, what round was that? Sixth round. That pick. Yeah, mean, they have. They uh, got their their second corner. Yeah. That would have been in the sixth round. Yes. Okay. <clears throat> yeah, and um, you know, sometimes the bottom of the draft, we don't think anything of it, but you never know. Sometimes you get these guys into camp and they just explode. You know, they got their swing tackle. Uh, something you said they needed was definitely more offensive line depth. Ben, I can't agree more. That was my whole beef with nothing against Tremaine Emmons, a player, but against those two third-round picks, okay, to move up. Those could have been nice offensive linemen that by year three, they developed with Josh, the online coach, they're set. So what I'm getting yeah. at is, you, you, mm-hmm. you feel me? So, um you got a swing tackle here, which is really interesting. Um, I totally forgot his name, but I'm just going to rip um, off. Uh, Luca Tenuta? Or Luke okay. Tenuta, sorry. So, listening to Locked On Bills, I'm not going to pretend I'm some smart dude here. But right. um, So, shout out to Joe Marino. That's my source today was uh, that. It's on cover one, as always. But, um, you know, very interesting because he could play right and left tackle. And he's comfortable in it. And if you've ever ridden a bicycle, um, going your opposite side is called fakie. Same with like a skateboard and stuff like that. And, you know, um, or riding goofy or something like that on, on, on a snowboard or skateboard. It, it is what it is. But it's like not many people can do that. Just like flip. And the fact that he can do that is really cool. Um, that tells me he must have some decent footwork without looking at him. And footwork translates in every sport. I don't give a fuck what it is. So, um, what are your what were your deeper thoughts on him while we're at it? Um, I mean, I that was the one player I probably read the least up about, but I mean, they definitely needed some type of depth on the offensive line because, I mean, Cody Ford, I'm not really sure what they're still doing with him. I think this is gonna be a make or break year for Ford. Uh, we'll see what maybe if your guy Cromer can do something with him. We haven't really seen much from Cody Ford, and, you know, that's resulted in them bringing in Saffold, them replacing him with Ryan Bates, you know, who earned a decent contract. But, I mean, Bates was very, very solid to end the season. So, I mean, you look at how the offensive line is currently entrenched. I mean, Cody Ford isn't probably in the top five. He's on the outside looking in. But, I mean, more importantly, he may be on the outside looking in for the roster because, you know, they, they got Tommy Doyle. Uh, last year, uh, you know, who has some flexibility. Well, the thing uh, is, too, is you, you wonder about, like you were saying about the coaching right off the bat. Um, so Cody Ford's had two off, two different um, <clears throat> offensive coordinators and online coaches. So, um, you know, I don't – I really liked Aaron Cromer. You know how I felt about that because they would bring in a Jordan Mills, you know, when he was with the Bears or Cromer. And what's interesting about Cromer is, you know, he was an offensive coordinator underneath Trussman on the Bears. So, you know, you bet your ass you're going to start hearing about that in, um, you know, the media eventually in the offseason. You know what, Aaron Cromer and blah, blah, blah. 
Ken Doris here just you know, they're just like you know, two gloves, you know, they're just great. <laughs> they're gonna really pander to that. So I love that you mentioned Cromer. Um so I wanna save I wanna say Dalvin Cook's brother for last, okay? We're gonna call it that. Um now, did you have any thoughts on the height of linebacker round three? Can you tell me who the player was? Because I clearly didn't write it down. I did, uh, but I wrote like Dr. Terrell, Terrell Bernard. So he, you know, and I very was smart, a very smart player. It sounds like very Masters smart guy. He, you know, he's got, he's got covered skills as, as a linebacker. And, you know, what Bean said, uh, and he compared Bean, Bean compared him to another linebacker who, you know, was undersized for a linebacker. The name is slipping me right now. Let me see if maybe it comes me shortly. But so, I mean, he's undersized, but looking at the tape uh, and I'm just basically going to throw uh, a link out to yards per pass on Twitter. Very good film coverage if you don't follow him follow him but oh yeah he's great he said he was watching on film and watching that Baylor's defense was almost identical to watching how the Bills play defense so he's a guy who can fit the scheme I mean they need someone who can cover Travis Kelsey I mean if anything he's a very you know solid you know rotational linebacker covered skills uh he plays bigger than his position incredible athleticism I, I mean, have a, I really have a the wild. knock on him is his size so sorry i didn't mean to interrupt you i had oh, a no, wild thought i had a wild thought um and this is just me being fanboy like to the fans out there i am not nearly as deep into the bills as i was even three years ago um so that's why we're having ben on which is very enthusiastic and i'm here to play like lame and idiot because it's mostly true um and you know, Ben, I had the thought that Tremaine Edmonds' contract is up. Matt Milano could, you know, Greg Thompson broke it down. I, I hope, Greg, if you're listening, which I'm sure you have a life. Um, to paraphrase, Milano and Edmonds are pretty much the same player. So if that's the case and you have Milano under contract, um, as far as like, you know, what you don't like about Tremaine Edmonds, you can say about Milano. You know what I mean? What you do like about each, you can kind of say. So, it, it to me, could Milano move inside and this dude play a permanent outside position? And, you know, he was a good blitzing linebacker. Like, he, he was insane. And, um... I mean, it's I, gonna... I just think Tremaine Edmonds, I mean, dude, they picked up his option, but, like, what are you doing after this? It's not really a succession plan. And then there's talks of, like, I forgot who the player was in Carolina that they had. That was, is it, like, that pickup? You know what I mean? Even though they already had Luke Keekly. Um, So, I just, I don't know. Um, I was stoked on it at first because I want a linebacker, but then when I really went a little bit deeper, I don't, that's a high pick for a, a really smart kid. Um, what's, I, I think he's going to play fast. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know. He's again, he's six foot. You're talking about Travis Kelsey. He's not 
doing shit with that. That's the whole purpose of throwing in the tight end is that you throw over the defensive back, you know, right. like, so I don't, you know, it, but if to me, Tremaine is a little bit slow as a player mentally, if it seems like, I think he's thinking too much. Or my theory is if he's not smoking right. weed, he needs to smoke some. If he is smoking weed, he needs to stop. You know, it's either one of those. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't mean, know. Like, what do you really, no, realistically, bro? Not like hey, we're hyped for the trap, but so well, far. I mean, Milano out of out of BC was a six four uh, linebacker at two twenty three, and you know his pro day he ran up four six seven. I mean Bernard, uh, he's six foot two twenty four, so almost identical measurables to Milano coming out. You know he ran a four point five nine, so. I mean, I mean for what do you mean identical? You mean combine times, bro? I size you not get what I said. They are both six foot. Uh, Milano came out weighing two twenty three. Oh, I Bernard thought came out was, I weighing two twenty four. Six four. I'm sorry. No, yeah, they're both six foot on the dot. Okay, they're six six foot and a half technically, but both of them are six foot and a half. Uh, and then Milano ran a four six seven at his pro day. Bernard ran a four point. Five nine, so basically a four six as well. So they both ran nearly identical forty times at their pro days. Uh, so I mean, as far as you know, you look at the size. You could, I guess, if you're going to say Terrell Bernard is undersized, then uh, Matt Milano would also be undersized. But I mean, Matt Milano has worked out very, very good right, in this right. defense. But obviously, there's some stuff that Milano doesn't excel at, and that's the thing with Tremaine Edmonds. So you're going to bring in a guy like this. Is he strong enough? Does he have enough power to shed blocks to be an elite run defender? Because really, what this defense is missing, it isn't even as much as as coverage uh, for a linebacker. I mean. Milano struggles covering Kelsey. I think the safeties do as well. So the whole middle of the field with them two is uh, a disaster. So hopefully, I mean, uh, Bernard, because in college he in 963 coverage snaps as an off as a linebacker, he had zero touchdowns allowed, which is very very solid. So I mean, he was thrown at. I mean, he was in coverage 963 snaps, never allowed a single touchdown in college on him so i mean he does have some coverage skills i mean so hopefully a guy like that is a guy even i know he's a third round pick but a guy like that if they're able to use him to guard kelsey that's almost you know worth the pick to me that's like a chess piece on defense right or i think and here's another thing let me let me you know step back a little bit you mentioned matt milano's pass rush ability. I think another person they should use to blitz more is Edmonds because of his unreal length, you know, and size. And Tremaine Edmonds is a freak athlete. We can hate on his play all we want, but I mean, at the end of the I'm day, to know what he what would do hurt? somewhere else, you know, like, no, no, what would he no. do I'm somewhere curious else? to see what he would do as an outside linebacker standing up, rushing the passer. Like, I mean, he clearly hasn't been, they wanted him to be like a Ray Lewis type player, like commander of the defense. They moved picks up to get him. They thought, you know, he was going to be this elite player. It hasn't really worked out. He's you know, got the for measurables for a modern. He's got the measurables for a modern middle linebacker. I totally get it. Long, you know, bat balls down, get right. picks. He just but doesn't here, have. Right. He just can't read the field that well. 
Okay, sorry. Yeah, I mean, he struggles to read the field. I mean, he's not good at all against the run. And a lot of times he just looks lost overall. So I kind of wonder, what if they kind of use him, like, in past situations, kind of like a 3-4 outside linebacker? Hang out with Von Miller. Go go watch Right, right, exactly. Hang out with Von Miller. I mean, what would it hurt? Because – or you also look at if you got Milano who can rush the passer. What if on, you know, passing downs you have – Bernard drop back into coverage and you end up using Milano, maybe even a safety on a blitz. So it can give their defense, you know, a little bit more flexibility as far as bringing different types of pressure, how they're going to cover cover teams. So, I mean, I like this pick overall. And then you look at Elam and I mean, I'm just glowing about yeah, let's that. Go that. So, so real quick, second round pick, uh, Kyrie Elam, you want to break it down? Pick. Sorry, first, first round pick. pick. Yeah. Hold on. Before we get into him, let's go to the fucking punter. Let's leave those two for last. Let's get to the punter. This is fun. There's a oh dude out of San Diego State, dude. Punk God or something. You're going to break it yeah, down. You, that you just know, you know what he put here. on his uh, Instagram after he got drafted? He said fourth down quarterback for the Buffalo Bills. And that's I think, fucking right. I, I think it was the Chiefs playoff game where there's a couple times the Bills punted and I hate when the Bills punt, but McDermott, you know, will McDermott, and he decided to play the field position game. The problem in that game was his name is Hawk, but it's spelled H A A C K. I'm going to call it, I'm going to nickname him Hack because that's all he does when he kicks the ball. It's, you know. Yo, yo, follow me real quick. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to put this shit to bed and I'm going to spit it back to you just like on how awesome he is. And then let's move into Kair. And then let's move on to Cook. Well, right, right. Uh, but hold, I'm hold, saying... hold, 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 let me get let me add a little poison to you. Fucking, here's the deal. Lockdown Bill Marino broke it down great. We have to look at him holding. He needs to learn how to hold. And I swear to God, if we carry another fucking kicker, a third kicker just to hold, like really just like, Bro, I don't see oh a my problem God. with this using Case Keenum to hold. Like, I really don't. Like they could do that. They, they actually, I they think could people just are making too big of a deal about okay. about you know him having to hold. I mean, I don't know, man. Like Joe Marino again. Shout out to Joe Marino on lockdown bills. But you he broke at, it down with Baroquez were holding for Crosby, and that dude had a bad season, bro. So like, yeah, you know. Well, I mean, Matt Hawk. There were several. He had so many shanks last year, and. Is it Areza or Ariza? I'm not sure how exactly it's it's pronounced, but Areza has more 80-yard bombs than any NFL punter since I think 2014 it was. So he's got a cannon, averaged over 50 yards a punt. So this is the type of guy who can kick through the wind. This is the type of guy who can completely flip the field. One minor issue was working on touch is he did have a pretty high touchback rate, and that might be why he yeah, was third. Yeah, I think like 30%. Taken. But that being said, Matt Hawk was absolute, you know, trash as far as his punts last year and, and touchback percentages. So, I mean, I don't think it's it's a fair thing to, to you know, say to – I don't think it's a fair thing to say to Areza when he's coming in as a rookie. Hawk's a veteran, you know, who they brought in to be – you know, to be in the limited – Hawk really didn't punt that much last year. There was two games where he didn't have a single punt. I mean, against the Why Steelers – Why do we have a punter? Why do we have a punter? Against the Steelers, bro, if we have a different punter, 
you know that you know how that game ended. You know, blocked punt, third quarter, completely flipped the momentum. The Bills were gonna win that game week one, and that could be the difference between hosting Kansas City in the divisional round uh, because, you know, he had a punt block for a touchdown. So there was times last year in his limited snaps, I mean, that Hawk just hurt the team. So, I mean, good on Bean because I think he messed – he realized he made a mistake getting rid of a Horquez, but at least he corrected it. But let's move on to Elam. Sorry, bro. Just trying to get my awesome highlighter thing going. I had a great graphic I was going to drop about punting, but <laughs> – it didn't work. So, yeah, let's go into Kyrie Elam. Can you break it down? His size, um, you know, some guys had him ranked. Uh, I believe Anthony for cover one. I just watched the cover one breakdown. Had him ranked as number seven. But then after hearing his interviews and all this and that, it's kind of like you as be far as like overall, I don't know. Corner. I'm not saying let's I'm not saying let's uh, as far as his grade on DBs. I'm not saying let's let's judge that statement. I'm just saying like without character interviews and knowing about him. You know, just from watching. So whatever. What I can't wait to dive into him because I want to hear everybody's opinion on it. So right off the bat, you hear about this kid coming in. Now, where is he from? And get into the whole playbook story while I work on the highlighter. Yeah, I mean, so you leading up to that, even at the draft, there was a video that released as far as. Uh, Elam's pre-draft interview with the Bills and my man brought out a binder from the University of Florida probably about this big with notes that basically went over every single play you know his team went up against uh, diagnosing every single receiver in the SEC uh, you know what they're good at what they do how they beat him so he's a true student of the game very very analytical great attention to detail Another thing that stood out to me, he did ask Brandon Bean on his pre-draft visit, you know, what makes Trey White so great? So, I mean, this is a guy, you know, he comes from a family of defensive backs. His father uh, played for the Jets and Browns. Uh, his uncle, Matt, you know, was a recent uh, second-round pick, I think back in 2014, uh, who also went to the University of Florida. Uh, so, I mean, he, he has ties to the NFL. He's only – 21 or he's turning 21 soon but and then the best part about that draft was uh on the phone with uh terry pagula uh, uh when they first drafted him all he's saying is put the playbook on the plane put the playbook on the plane you know my guy is so excited to be there he wants to already come in there and learn so i mean i think that that just says a lot and i think at the end of the day Bills are looking for character. They're looking at guys that they can develop who are young. And they're looking at athleticism. And Kyer Elam, he, you know, he has insane length. He's the type of guy I think you match him up, maybe not on a guy like I what, I wouldn't put him are, on like a Tyreek Hill. Um, what are his measurables? Yeah. What are his measurables? Yeah, I already forgot. So He's six foot two, uh, you know, 76 and a half inch wingspan. Meets my Madden grade. He's in my Madden grade. He meets my Madden threshold, six foot two. Yeah. I right, mean, right, Danny Madden. Madden yeah. grade six foot two for a man ultimate team behind us. Yep. Okay. Okay. Check. I mean, and then you compare him to Trey White. I mean, Trey White's 5'11, but I mean, that's, uh, he's a different type of corner. So, mm -hmm. I mean, you probably put Trey White on. 
I, I mean, just probably a good example. If let's say Cincinnati, they rep- represented the AFC in the Super Bowl last year. I would, I would say the Bills would probably put Trey White on Jamar because, yo, that is, is that your punk graphic? No. Oh, I thought I, I thought you no, I didn't mean a punk like, graphic. Yet. Okay, uh, but anyway. All right, so uh, back to the measurables. I'm gonna draw my punk graphic here. Okay. But I mean, as I was saying, I mean, I would, I, I mean, Kyrie's a guy you would put up on like a taller guy, maybe like a stronger guy, more like a T. Higgins, versus like a Jamar Chase, you know, a quicker, shiftier receiver. Uh, I mean. But the reason they brought him in, I mean, they wanted to be a different type of cornerback. They didn't want two Tredavious Whites, and I mean, I, I mean, I'm a fan. I like the pick. It's value. It's what they. You got a guy who wants to dive in there. That's who I want to bring to work. I don't want you know. You, you want to know what makes Trey White great? Good. I, I do too. Get in the fucking film room. Get to work. He wants and, to play. And I saw. Playbook. I saw a video like. And I think it was released yesterday, but I mean, as soon uh, as Kyrie got there, I mean, he was talking to Trey, and, and he's just saying, "I'm really excited to get to work with you, you know, to learn from you." And Trey's just saying, "Just be yourself." I mean, and that's something, you know, that I think you know Kyrie can you know take and learn from. And at the very least, you know, this is going to be an upgrade from Levi Wallace. So even if you know they still have Dane Jackson and. I'm not going to write Dane Jackson off because Jackson had a really solid year and this is only going to, you know, be better for competition. I think it's going to bring out the best of Dane Jackson, the other corners on, on the roster. I mean, the way the NFL is looking to, you can never have enough quality corners, especially now when teams are, are throwing out four or five wide receiver sets corners. They're going to be, they're going to be, we're going to see a trend in the NFL and there were three corners taken ahead of him. I mean, teams are going to be looking to load up on defensive backs just dude, because bro, of how the bro. NFL is going. Dude, dude, dude. All going has always been there, man. And the thing is, is the bills have been the ones I thought that are just dismissed pecking them. Frankly, you know, um, they've gotten by somehow, you know, um, I mean, but did they, I mean, they still drafted, Trey White with a first-round pick. They spent a fourth-round pick on Teron Johnson. And Johnson, I mean, he's really turned out into a really solid player. I mean, Saran Neal, fifth-round pick, he's turned into a really solid uh, defensive, uh, you know, special teams player who can play some nickel, you know, fill in as a safety. Uh, And then, you know, Dane Jackson was a seventh-round pick. I mean, they've brought in guys, but I just think Bean is – really really good at identifying talent at that position and you know one thing you know i like about it is you know they brought in these guys and you know because of bean's history i have so much trust that elam is going to be a stud i mean i wouldn't be surprised uh if their corner they took in round six benford i mean i i i heard a lot of really good things about from uh from when I you know did my my homework on Christian Benford I mean he he has insane measurables as well I mean that Bills really decided we're going to come in we're going to bring in some dogs at cornerback because you know there's so many good wide receivers in the NFL we you know we need to load up and you know get our defensive back right I mean he played at Villanova but 
when he was targeted at Villanova, he had a 25.2, uh, you know, passer rating on him. So, I mean, I know he came from a smaller school, but I mean, he can't really control who he goes up against. So, I mean, it might be a little bit of a learning curve for the NFL, but he's not going to come in, uh, and be expected to be, you know, a top pick to go in and be, you know, starting this season. But he's a guy they can, you know, use on special teams, a guy that they can develop. I mean, he had – I was actually – I was watching uh, – I, I think I watched more Benford highlights, ironically, than Elam just because, like, I kind of wanted to see. is like, this guy could be a diamond in the rough. And he had 14 interceptions in college – and he, I was you know, he can play safety output. and nickel. I mean, this guy, he's he could be a very productive, you know, let's just say gadget defensive back because safety, nickel experience, I mean, at the very least, if they're, you know, throwing big nickel or something like that and they, they need extra DBs, I mean, this guy is a tool that you can use. And he had 14 picks in college, as I said. I mean, he there's, that's there's something, something you can't teach. Ball yeah. skills, ball hawks, that is natural ability. I don't care, you know, you may not be the the best coverage guy. A prime example is Tr- Trevon Diggs. He allowed how many, you know, yards uh, last season? And everyone's like, oh, he allowed so many yards. But he also had how many interceptions last season? And that's a special talent. Jairus Bird is another, you know, player like that. I mean – who is a ball hawk i wouldn't even say you know trey white trey white is an amazing yeah, ben, defensive ben, back ben. he sounds like he let, let's move on from this guy because it sounds yeah. like he watches a lot of film you know what i mean he's no, instinctual. I'm, I'm not talking about i'm not talking about no, Kair, I, bro. I, i'm talking I, about benford no i know i know oh. that i'm trying to tell you i think he watches a lot of film because you can't just be in the right spot just that much out of luck right you're you're putting the work in you're putting the time in and um, again, it's a position they need. You know, there's talks about what's up with Poyer's contract coming. Not saying he would ever supplant him, but um, can you go over the receiver real quick? They picked up. Oh yeah, I'll go over the receiver. So, uh, the receiver the Bills picked up could be one of the steals of the NFL draft. Uh, Khalil Shakir, out of Boise State, um, and this is a guy who a lot of people had him going in the third round. Uh, I saw a tweet uh, the other day, I think I think it was actually from Greg, uh, as a matter of fact, where someone asked, hey, if the Bills had taken Shakir round three, they you know had drafted Bernard round five, do you think that there would be less blowback from the fans this draft? And Greg was like, yeah, because, I mean, Shakir, I think CBS Sports, I was looking at their big board, they had him ranked above, I think, four or five, Second round receivers, they had him ranked above a couple third round receivers, and he was a 19th, uh, you know, player draft. But that being said, he runs a four, four three. I mean, he can return kicks. I mean, he's a guy who has insane ball skills. Just go on, you know, put on two or three minutes of his highlight tape from uh, Boise State. I mean, he's kind of almost plays kind of like Antoine. Randall L. I mean, you can use him on jet sweeps, direct snaps as a running back. I mean, he's a guy you can use as an extra element to your to your offense. I mean, I know they use McKenzie for that, but I mean, what's I mean, I mean, what's the issue with having you know two three guys? Because if you have McKenzie and this guy both lied out wide, I mean, what happens if both them 
motion to the backfield. You don't know what's going on. You don't. You know what I'm saying? So I mean, I'm not going to go that return. far with it, but yeah, I feel you. <clears throat> I mean, I'm just saying. I mean, to have two type of gadget players like that. I mean, and he's not just a gadget player. I mean, he has the ability to be a, a gadget player. What's it? He ranked number one from Pro Football Focus at one point for the year or something like that. Okay, they had him as the highest overall graded uh, receiver coming out. Crazy, dude. Yeah. So crazy. So now let me wrap it up with him and just tell you guys, again, check out uh, – I cite my sources. Like that Bill's Joe Marino was saying that he thinks that might have been his favorite pick of the draft. And, one thing, uh, yeah, I think one that's thing cool. that uh, NFL said in their scouting deport, report was just – He's an absolute menace with the ball in his hand. So, I mean, I'm just going to let that speak for itself. I can't wait to see it in camp, man. This is That's um, fun to play. Me too. Happen, I mean, and another thing, we talked about competition. The Bills, there's two other receivers. You know, they spent mid-round draft picks uh, on in, in the past. Uh, last year, they, they spent it on Stevenson, who they wanted to be a receiver. Uh, you know, they're probably their primary kick-punt returner. He didn't really show too much in the return game last year. And then Isaiah Hodgins has not been able to make his way off of the practice squad. But the thing that I think Hodges has or Hodgins has going against him is he doesn't have the speed or athleticism as Shakir. And this is a guy who I think can could potentially turn into a starter in a couple of seasons. So don't All be right. surprised if if you know, I I you were you were raving about him. I can't wait to break him down because again we're looking at the prototype players who are trying to get in there. I'm not saying he's going to supplant James and Crowder, but we're going to get into that later. I mean, um, so maybe let me not but, this let me year, but Crowder has one year on his we'll, deal. We'll get so we'll let just me say future at least. Let me tease that. So let's yeah. move on. Lastly, James Cook, okay, out of Georgia, Dalvin Cook's brother. Now let me tell you something. I put on like the cover one highlight thing and I saw him in the national championship game. Cause you know me not researched anymore. Um, and I watched this kid do a cutback and I'm like, Oh, he's got sick vision and he's off to the races. And you know what the bills have been missing? Hold on. <laughs> Excuse me. Coming down with something. You said you're under the weather too. Um, yeah, dude. So, um, what's funny is, I miss the LaShawn McCoy in the team. I miss the Thurman Thomas element. I miss the passes out of the backfield is what I'm saying. I miss that route running receiver. And I did not want the Bills to get a running back until we saw what Cromer could do with the O-line. I told you that, but I also told you at the draft, after day one, that like, yo, if you told me running back, I'll be right on board. And, bro, they picked the one for the Bills. Now, he doesn't have a bunch of receptions that you would think. He doesn't have a bunch of wear and tear, actually, because he was one of three guys. So if you'd like, can you please break um break him down for about a minute here, uh, measurables, and go throughout what you like about him? Uh, I mean, James Cook, uh, I mean, we saw, and I know you may – we're going to talk about this fluff or not fluff piece in the future, but – uh, you know, Michael Silver had a really, uh, really good uh, piece on Brandon Bean and the draft. And one thing he mentioned was how they tried uh, bringing in J.D. McKissick to be that receiver back, to be the guy with more speed, you know, a certain type of player for that offense, more or less a third, third down back, something they really lacked. 
So that's what they wanted from J.D. McKissick. Now, when McKissick spurned them, I mean, that created a little bit of panic with Bean. They brought in uh, Duke Johnson as a veteran guy, someone who also has experience as a pass catcher, someone who, you know, can also be a third-round back. But obviously Cook is younger, but the funny thing is all four of the Bills uh, running backs – they're all from the greater Miami area. So they literally all grew up 30 minutes away from each other, which is something I found really, really cool. And I mean, shout you know, out. Kyrie shout out was Miami. in North Miami, bro. Kyrie bro, was in North Miami. I mean, well. shout out, you know, to, to Miami, you know, Mackenzie's the best down places there. On, on earth. I mean, here's the thing Buffalo is starting to take over Miami, bro. Really? Again. You mean and, again? I mean, the last four years, the Bills have dominated the Dolphins. Not going to change anymore. I don't care what the Dolphins fans are smoking. Tua isn't going to do anything unless they go out and be aggressive. Hey, 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 hey. Let's not get crazy and go off the fucking rails here, Ben. Chill out. Write this point down. We're going to talk about the Dolphins another time because I'm going to tell you, dude, we were at the game together and a reset for the fans to our, our, our few watchers. Thank you for watching, every one of you. Um, leave a comment so I can see who you are afterwards. Thank you so much. And if you have an Instagram or something, I will hit you up. Um, so look, um, his hip was fucked up still when we were there in Miami. Okay, he didn't have the zip on the ball. So what I will say is, like, dude, I I heard he's been I, working I, I, a lot I, on his footwork, but dude, I mean, we'll still dude, see. Look, look, he's man. still small uh, for the, the NFL at the end of the, at the end of the year. He turned it up, and what I. What I personally hate the most from fans is just it's all you can do whatever you want. But when I'm not saying you're doing this, but when fans go, Oh, the Dolphins, uh, it's two wins, the Jets, yes, two wins. All right, so we got four wins. It's like, no, fuck off, dude. No, like, no. both the Dolphins and the Jets, they both had very solid off seasons. I mean, the they Jets had, had a solid... they, the Jets knocked the draft out of the park. I mean, as a Bills fan, I mean, I am a little nervous to see them get Garrett Wilson, Sauce Gardner. They got Jermaine Johnson. I wanted Brees Hall at first. They snatched him away from us. So we had to settle for James Cook. But honestly, no, 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 no. There, there, there's people saying that the Bills didn't want uh, settle for James Cook. It was more like a plan. And, right, and, and, and you could sell me well, on that because I can sell I me on you, that too. Because if you look at their playing style, Cook is definitely more like a JD McKissick. He isn't a true bell cow back. But what being said again, the silver is they were looking for a third down back with you know re- receiving ability, and he did. He even said this isn't you know a move you know to displace Zach Moss. He fully expects expects Zach to be back, and actually healthy because I didn't even realize this, but in the wild card game against the Colts, he actually, you know, messed up his ankle, had to get surgery. So basically all of last season, Zach could not cut to his left at all. So, yeah. So let's give Zach, you know, a little bit of slack. I know we've been tough on Singletary too. I mean, Singletary really came on at the end of last season. So, I mean, I'm hoping Motor and, – and one thing I like is Cook works out with Motor in the offseason. They've been doing it before. You know, they're friends. So, Here's what I like, Ben, is is I like um, that we leave the door open for empathy. Like, the more we learn. You know what I mean? So, for right. example, when a general manager picks a player in the first round, sometimes – 
it might not be the actual general manager. That might have been like Russ Brandon in the past or something, you know. So like, um, it's nice to know when Zach Moss, okay, he's injured, and uh, that's good because I'm sure when you're playing chess, you don't want to give that away. So now the Bills are back playing chess with Cook, the pass receiver, re- receiving back. I'm stoked on it, Ben. I feel like dog shit. Um, we'll be back with Kevin Masseri soon. We were on the line. We're going to get going with him trying to today, just last second. Um, but also we got, uh, Brett and Biddlecombe and Lucas Hurl, the comedians out out of, uh, Los Angeles. And, uh, Brett and Biddlecombe is a hospital baby. We were born in Highland Hospital, each of us. But, um, you know, shout out to those dudes. And, um, they they plan on coming on. Strong all day. But, um, yo, they're also on this podcast called What's the Odds with Steve Renazizi from the league. It's a great podcast. They're both Bills fans. Lucas Hurl goes really deep. They're both way smarter than I could dream about with the Bills, and that's why I'm hoping to empower them. Um, so, Ben, thank you for going over this, dude. I can't thank you enough for your passion, dude. Uh, dude yeah, dude. I mean, I'm going to do you 30 times. So, <laughs> Yeah, dude. Great talking to you, dude. Uh, the, no, I mean, but really, really, uh, I mean, get well. You know, they, Yo, they got the, the bro, they got the chess players, right? So I, I'm stoked to dive in more and um you know, subscribe everywhere. If you like it, tell your friends. Yeah. Um, I mean, this is what we wanted from the draft. So I mean, we'll get we'll talk more about this, you know, for sure as as off season, you know, ramps up. We get into OTAs and mini camps. Uh I'm I'm really stoked. I mean, I wish the season I wish training camp was starting tomorrow, but I mean we still got we still got like two and a half months, uh, probably more than that, more like three months before training camp, unfortunately. But at least it's in Rochester, so maybe me and you will be able to, you know, sneak out there at least, you know, and I don't trying know, to bro. get a look. I have an apartment. Allegedly, I have an apartment lined up in Burbank, so I might. Be okay, out. I mean, well, I mean, if you need a man on the street, yo, I got you. Um, I mean, I'll do. I mean, we can do a live podcast. You're in your Burbank apartment. I'm out in Bills Camp. You know, with with some fans in my back background. Yo, bro, what's up? We're live from Bills Camp. This is awesome. You know, I mean, Ben, just wear your special helmet, and that's cool, bro. That's your hood. You got your hood up. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but um, all right, bro. You have all a good right, night, bro. man. Thanks, Peace. Ben. Peace. See it. All right, go Bills. Go Bills.